Welcome to She Reads, a podcast for book lovers everywhere. I'm Siobhan. I'm Hunter. And I'm Elizabeth. She Reads, the podcast, podcast show. What are we reading this week, ladies? Um, so I just finished Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close um, oh. by Jonathan Safran Four. Is that how you say his last mm-hmm. name? Mm-hmm. And um, I I enjoyed it, and then I found it a little long, and then at the end I really enjoyed it. So interesting. And then I also read our favorite girl, me and Hunter's uh, "A Complicated Kindness" by Miriam Taves. So oh. yeah, I finished oh, very that. literary week for you. Yeah, and then I'm still also re- currently reading um, "All the Single Ladies" by Rebecca Traster. So I started reading that as an ebook, and then I had to give it back to the library. But then I got it as my Audible book for this month. So I've been like making my way through that one, and wow. then uh, I'm reading as well uh, "Until It Fades" by K. A. Tucker, and I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes, my little heart is fluttering. (laughs) Right? It's so sweet. Um, Who's going next, Siobhan? Are you going to... No, you can go. I I am embarrassed. (laughs) I am an embarrassment, so I will go last. (laughs) Okay, so I finished Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. Nice. Interestingly, I think that's Reese Witherspoon's next option. Really? Reese I just, think I read that somewhere. The most powerful woman in movie. Hollywood. Yeah. And I Sorry, read continue. Forever Interrupted by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm. Um, so I read um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by this author. Absolutely, so good! Absolutely loved the book. It was oh, so, good. so good. So I was, I'm giving her other books a chance. Yeah. Um, and then I also read. Just, I've heard, I have heard that nothing from her backlist is like Evelyn Hugo. Yeah, I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as I did Evelyn Hugo. I found um, just the, it definitely improved as it went on but the beginning dialogue really bothered me mm. it just wasn't quite realistic I don't know it's just something that I noticed and then I also read Until It Fades by K.A. Tucker cool it's just so oh it makes me happy and it's so a I'm, cute love story it is so I'm currently reading Too Much and Not the Mood by Durga Chubos we've mentioned this book before because Elizabeth may have drunkenly purchased purchased it on Amazon. <laughs> and, and it was probably one of my best purchases ever. <laughs> so I am so far really enjoying it. So I can't wait to keep going. And then I'm still sort of reading When You Find Out the World is Against You by Kelly Oxford. I mentioned this last episode. Um, I'm honestly struggling through this one, ladies. Mm. Interesting. Not I haven't read it yet, so I can't I can't really say. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, like, because it's a book of, like, essays slash short, like, story, no, like, narrative essays, so, like, they're stories short of, Short like, thoughts. Yeah. Well, so, I'm not very far. Like, she's still at, she just got to summer camp, but it's, 
I don't know what it is. Something about it is not working for me. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes you just got to put books down for a bit, though. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't read anything. That Well, I read Big Little Lies. Um, which, because we were talking about it today for this podcast, so that's all I read. Um, Well, you did your homework. Yeah, I did my homework. You did your homework. (laughs) Um, and, yeah, we can talk about this more, but my reading, like, process was a bit strange. But, uh, yeah, that's all I read. Yeah, so, that is good. get into it i think we shall let's do Do it it. (laughs) i think that's been our fastest like talking about what we're currently reading i know (laughs) i'm impressed um so we're gonna are we calling this segment the book was better yeah okay so the book was better is our new segment that we'll be doing hopefully fairly often when we read a book and then watch a adaptation whether it's a tv show or a movie and talk about the two, and what we like better or worse. Maybe the book isn't always better, but the book is almost always better. Yeah. And in this case, like, the book was, like, the show was good, but the book was just incredible. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty. And the HBO version. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, what are our first thoughts about, I guess, about the book in general? Yeah. Is that how we want to talk? Okay, sure. So, for me, in, I think I read, somebody had said this on Goodreads, and I think it just really resonated with, like, how I thought, this is the funniest book about domestic violence I've ever read. Like, oh. obviously, the, like, <laughs> bo- obviously, like, the domestic violence, like, bit is, like, obviously, like, not very funny, but usually when there's books that tackle, like, really touchy, like, not touchy, but, like, really, like, heavy subjects Real like this. Topics. yeah. Yeah, they're very, their tone is very, like, heavy and very serious, where this is, like, not. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why I love the book so much, and, we're always thinking of how can we, like, how do you make fiction important? Mm-hmm. Like it's easy enough to make a nonfiction book important because you just have to talk about an important issue. But I find it so refreshing when you find a fiction book that deals with, like, pressing topics in a very approachable way. Yeah. Um, and I just found, yeah, I found that so refreshing that this book is just addressing, like, different, all levels of relationships, all kinds of relationships. Um, in this very approachable way, and it doesn't, like, it doesn't demonize any of these women. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, it probably demonizes some of the men, but it also just presents, like, a pretty realistic, uh, interpret, or, like, understanding or reading of, of various kinds of relationships and, mm-hmm. and, like, this the psychology behind them without yeah. being, like, a, you know a psychology book or like I don't know I thought it was such a smart book and that's why I really loved it it was just refreshing to read something so smart but still so commercial mm-hmm. I agree Hunter I think it's 
yeah, overall impressions, it is so commercial. But I think, honestly, my favorite part about the entire book is just, like, it was just about a bunch of kindergarten moms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how all of them are tied together because they have children the same age, but they have so different things, so many different things happening in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're and so like, different, too. And, yeah, and they're all so different. I I did really enjoy the book. I read it in one sitting. I think, was it our first episode that I mentioned this is what I was reading? Yeah, I think it was. So it was it's, it's very early. been a couple of weeks or a couple of months, even. But I... Yeah, you gotta hand it to Reese Witherspoon. She's got good taste in books. Mm-hmm, she really she does. does. Yeah. And again, she, like, does commercial things, but for the most part, smart commercial things. Like, Wild, I guess, was not that commercial, but Gone Girl. Gone Girl. She, like, just knows how to pick them. Yeah. yeah. She has good, well, she's a she, woman of fine she, taste. She picked Penelope, too. I heard. A couple years uh, back. Penelope. The, the book about the the girl with the pig nose. Oh. Oh, oh my god, we just had the a... exact same reaction. <laughs> I That's like such a, I have a vague memory of that, but I didn't consume any of the Is it a kid's media. book? It's like a, maybe pre-teenage novel, but so she picked it up and turned it into a movie and so she plays, like, a secondary character in the movie. And, oh, I'm forgetting her name. The girl who plays Penelope is, um, oh, no. This is painful. Uh, <laughs> she's from Casper. Oh, is it Christina Ricci? I'm yeah. I'm just looking it up right now. And Penel- Oh, Penelope. Yeah, and it's James McAvoy. 2007. Like, that was a long time ago. That was yeah, 10 years ago. James McAvoy is the handsome Yeah, James McAvoy. Christina Ricci. He's one of my... Peter Dinklage? Top fives. So funny. Okay, tangent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but Reese, she knows how to pick them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a thought of... I don't know if anyone has an answer for this, but did you guys relate to any characters when you were, like, the most when you were reading it? Um, I guess I might say a lot about our <laughs> personality if we relate to certain characters. I think yeah. that if, if I had to pick a character that I related to the most, it would have to be Madeline. Specifically because she just PMSs so hard. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Like, I love that, how that made it into the book. I yeah. know. It's like That was an interesting part because I couldn't decide if I liked that they, she was just claiming PMS or if it was like, it, is that a thing? I don't know. It, yeah. I think it just... it was another way to, like, separate Madeline from the other women because yeah. they have very serious concerns at home, whereas Madeline was... Her children were avoiding her because they knew that she was PMSing. <laughs> That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. I, I guess it finds, like, the humor in the little things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely can relate to, like... 
not that I'm a big gossip, I like to think, but like gossiping is fun. Yeah. As much as like it's it's bad, I get that. But I think that that aspect of you know, it's like these are just all just kindergarten moms and like their their life becomes so dramatic and mostly because they can't keep their mouth shut. Yeah. Right? Like it's just It was yeah. was it I feel like I'm maybe confusing this with something else, but this was a part of the book where the teacher was talking about, like, you know, the kids when they're in kindergarten, like, little people, little problems, and then maybe I'm going off on, like, a wrong tangent. No, that's okay. No, I um, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but then it's interesting also how, you know, there's, like, the stereotype of, like, the stay-at-home mom who, like, has to make issues for herself, and, like, they, you know, they just, like, talk to each other and they create like issues that aren't really there because they're bored with their lives totally yeah i think it's like an interesting like way to kind of dig into that sort of idea but it's not like issues that they've like just created there's obviously like other things going on that are actually yeah. big issues well yeah even the 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 topic of bullying which essentially is like the overarching arc of the story like there wouldn't be a story Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be a story about the kindergartens without like Ziggy being bullied and like trying to figure out who's being, who's yeah. bullying him, etc. Like yeah. that all stems from the domestic violence that is really perpetrated by Perry, Percy, per- Perry, Percy, was it Perry? Perry. Um, you know, like yeah, the the adults' world like mimics. Or, like, they, there's a parallel between the adult world and the children's world mm-hmm. um, that is really interesting, and it's, like, making a commentary on both on both worlds. Like, I don't know where I was going with that thought. <laughs> is that idea, like, when you can see a thought, like, kind of, but it's just out of, like, arm's reach? Like, you know, I'm, like, on I know. a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was smart, and now it's gone. No, Anyways. I, I know what you're saying, though. Probably the same thing that I was, what I've been trying to like find the words to express. Yeah, 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 and cool. I we, I assume we're spoiling. Yes, this is and book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Spoilers coming up. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, did you guys see the end coming? I saw Perry being. Jane's rapist I did not see him dying I thought for a long time I think I thought for the first few chapters that until like they specified that I was an adult that died I thought a child died because I don't know maybe I'm just morbid but yeah (laughs) um but I I I think it took me like it was pretty like early on where I thought that as soon as she gave like that storyline came across um or that was like more really Yeah, I saw that, like, right away. Because, I don't know, that's just kind of how my brain works. But... I did not. I I did not. I think by the end, I kind of assumed that Perry was Jane's rapist. But I thought that Madeline died. Mmm. Yeah, I thought it was one of the women. I... I was afraid that I would be sad. I remember, like, thinking, like, oh, I don't want any of these characters I like to die. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so I, obviously Hunter and Elizabeth read this way before me, 
So I only read it like in the last couple in the last week. But then I was having a lazy Sunday, so I watched the entire show in one day <laughs> before I finished the book. <laughs> and so I, I, at one point I was just going to only watch until where I was in the book, but then I just kept on watching. Yeah. So I knew what happened. And then I was really, it was interesting because I was so excited to go back to the book and to see how it would differ and like the the differences. It was an interesting experience of like starting the book, then watching the show, and then going back to the book and finishing the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew he was going to be the rapist, but I didn't know how they were going to explain it because because of the whole. At, at that point, I had stopped reading it. I already knew that Saxon Banks was the cousin. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, what? It was him all along. Like, how are they going to explain that?" So that was still like super interesting. Um, but I didn't see it coming. No hmm. way. Well, we all read it in different ways, because I read the book first, then I watched the show. Elizabeth yeah. watched the show, then read the book, and then you kind of went back and forth. <laughs> yeah. So you oh, it's recovered. So the, the show was good enough for you, Olivia, or Elizabeth, I don't know why I called her Olivia, Elizabeth, <laughs> to go to the book. Yeah. Well, I had... Hunter had talked about how much she liked the book, and usually I'm very much like a, I need to read the book before I see like the movie or the TV show. But yeah. I was, I don't know, I just, I a lot of people were watching it, and I was feeling totally. like getting on the bandwagon. And then yeah, I liked it so much that yeah. And again, same with oh. Hunter. Like I finished it like within like two or three days. Like it was a quick read for me. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any so, last thoughts about the book before we talk about the show? What did you think about, like, maybe, like, digging a little bit more into the themes of, like, marriage and the different kind of, like, relationships, just in the book specifically? Yeah. Um. Well, I loved Madeline and Ed's marriage in the book. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. like, I loved the idea of this man, like, being so hairy, peeling off his wetsuit in front of, like, his wife's friends and just embarrassing the heck out of her. And mm-hmm. then the idea that, like, he wanted to name his kid Fred to rhyme with him. So yeah. that she put her foot down for the second kid. I don't know. I just, I thought that they were such a fun couple and they they brought a lot of happiness to the people around them that didn't necessarily have happiness in their own relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I that's I really loved their relationship, and that's why I find it, like, I don't understand why they had to change their relationship so much for the, the movie. I know. Just, like, and, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, for me, when I was reading it, and I'm reading this mostly just, like, Celeste, Jane, and Madeline, like, those three women have very, you know not ideal relationships like obviously Jane was raped has no partner in her in her life but is raising this boy all by herself and is strong about it and is like obviously traumatized by it but is you know doesn't need that man in her life Mm -hmm. so there's that and then you have Celeste who is so conflicted because she seems like thinks that you know I think she believes she's in love and sure she's in love with Perry yeah but has this like such a traumatic 
like everyday existence with him and is so conflicted by that. And then you have Madeline who, um, you know, her first husband walked out on her essentially like right after her baby was born, but then she gets the chance to like find love again. And it's like a much more, feels much more like a true love. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like all those women had not ideal relationships, but were like making it work for them. Yeah. And that, and that Madeline was this like, you know, yeah, she had a shit first husband, but now she's found true love and it's kind of goofy and it's not like perfect to the outside, but it's perfect for her. So I guess I had a lot of thoughts about like those three women and their relationships and like how this story like makes us think about what an ideal is to the outside world and to like someone's own view of it and that's why I was so annoyed that Madeline's relationship is just like totally just like very different in the show Mm -hmm. it kind of makes me think about um this book of it's been a while since I've read this like short story but it's a short story by Raymond Carver what uh what we talk about when we talk about love and it like that sort of idea of like that elusive like like how do you define love and like I don't know he's like talking about like an abusive relationship and saying like well no like we loved each other but like that love isn't like a healthy one or like one that's sustainable or one that's like gonna make us like better people right but it's still love yeah just like a really like not healthy way to love somebody yeah yeah yeah. And I also thought it was, like, really interesting, just, like, more, and I guess we can also, this can also talk about this with the show, but with Celeste and her, like, relationship with Perry and even just with her relationship, like, with herself, like, the idea of, like, when you're in, like, a domestic, like, you, you have an idea of, like, what domestic violence looks like and what you think, like, the victim looks like. And also Mm -hmm. having that idea of, like, oh, like, that's not, like, that happens to other people, but this isn't, like, this situation because, like, I fight back or, like, I'm, like, in this too. But, like, realizing that it doesn't matter, like, that's still, like, that kind of, like, rationalizing of the actions when you're trying Mm -hmm. to make sense of it. Yeah. Well, that's what's so, and, like, you obviously get more closure in a book, I find, because Mm -hmm. there can be an epilogue or there can be, like, one year later. Mm-hmm. But I liked that about Celeste's story of, like, seeing this strength in her and being able to, like, still conflicted about the fact that she loves him, but yeah. also is like, I need to be strong for this other man who was also abused. Yeah. I love so many of the scenes with Celeste in the book when she's, like, on her own stepping out to make these preparations to leave her husband. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's the one scene where... It's um, the police interview where someone admits to seeing her in a department store way across town where you would not expect her to be, and she's just lying in a bed. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, that is the best scene in the book. It's just this bystander seeing this completely, like, wealthy and glamorous on the outside woman just, like dead in a bed in a department store. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Nicole Kidman act that moment, but yeah. they didn't put it in the show. 
Yeah. I'm glad that they still did the apartment thing in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And and the therapy. Yeah. I was like, oh, you didn't. You maybe didn't need to put that in. I but guess you, yeah, but I thought it was interesting in the book, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Perry never went to therapy in the book, or if, like, I think he went once, didn't he? They had gone in the past. Yeah. But you never see it happen. Yeah. And then he goes. So you're right, yeah. Yeah, then he, they, he goes in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, one time. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few mm-hmm. times. Yeah. I think some things, you know, some things just, like, don't translate well to to video, like, to film. Yeah. I can understand. But a yeah. lot of the decisions, I'm like, why did we do that? Yeah. What are the some so, of the other... I guess we can transition now to talking about the differences between the show and the book. Yeah. I think that we should start this conversation... Well, I feel like it needs to be said that this is an HBO show. Yeah. So I feel like they always have to make it a little less happy, mm-hmm. a little more chaotic. Mm-hmm. That's true. It wasn't even as sexy as it could have been. Yeah. Well, an HBO show. Unnecessary affairs. <laughs> oh my god! That I don't... Un- okay, that is the biggest thing that I just, like, don't understand. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys see it my way. I remember saying that right when I was watching the show, like, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just, I just finished the book today. <laughs> and so, finishing it, there's all these weird side characters, and they, they are the ones having an affair. But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in the book. But the side characters are having, there's two men supposedly having an affair with Renata's Nanny. Um, Nanny. Nanny. So, I don't know if they were just like, well, we don't want to give this to the side characters. We'll just give it to a main character and, like, throw in some more chaos. Yeah. But Madeline and Ed's relationship is so pure. Yeah. Well, not even pure, but, like, real. Yeah. So, (sighs) I did not like that. the whole affair... Like, I just feel like they didn't, if they were going to do it well, they needed to build up the director of the play's role a bit more. Yeah. Who was he? He was nobody. (laughs) Like, the whole play, the, like, underlying plot line, I was like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I feel very passionately about that, but you, maybe, maybe I'm the only one. No, I just I thought, thought like, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just it didn't it wasn't completely successful for me. It felt kind of pointless and just kind of like thrown in. Right. Just for like shock value. A, the but it the affair? Yeah, like it didn't really like add anything. Yeah. My only reasoning is that it's how they talked down Abigail from her post. Yeah. Because as I was reading it, I was one also one because I of course had seen the ending and then went back to the book and was like, how are they going to tell her? How are they going to stop her from posting her um, selling my virginity? 
mm-hmm. without the reasoning of being like I'm I mess up too sometimes like I had an affair. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. But even that whole Abigail thing, I felt like it was so much better in the book. The which part? Just Abigail in general or Well, just like yeah, Abigail in general going between houses, Madeline feeling all of those emotions. Yeah. I felt like they weren't quite run through in the show. And then also the whole build up to the website thing. And actually, I just liked that in the book, the website was launched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can imagine as a mother, and even as a mother reading that book, you can imagine the horror of, like, seeing your the, these awful things that are being said about your daughter. Yeah. And, like, having no control over it. So. Yeah, I don't know. It was... Also, the location change. So, the yeah. book is based in Australia. And the TV show is California. Yeah. So, they do Wasn't keep... filmed the... in Australia, though? I have no idea. I do think that, like, of course it's an HBO show. It needs to be Americanized. Yeah. So, and I thought that, like, the California... Australian, they do have similar lifestyles with, like, the coastlines and the the surfing, and so I thought that was, if you needed to do it, it was done well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would have loved to to see Reese Witherspoon try to put on, like, an Australian accent. You already had Nicole Kidman there, so, like... (laughs) I know! There was a couple times when she was talking, I was like, her accent is definitely coming out right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. It looks like maybe it was filmed in California. Yeah. Anyways, it was a beautiful setting, regardless. It worked mm-hmm. both ways. Um. So what, how about we talk about things that they cut out of the show that were in the book? First off. Sure. Fred. Yeah. Fred! <laughs> they killed a character! <laughs> Poor Fred. Madeline and Ed's son, who was very, um, he was a good friend for Ziggy when Ziggy was being bullied by the kids in his grade and the parents. Um, so I was kind of disappointed not to see this Star Wars obsessed child. Right. Yeah. But But I guess technically he wasn't like a huge character. And Chloe took Mm -hmm. that. Kind of. And Chloe was the best character oh of Can we talk everyone. about Chloe? She is amazing. Yeah. Definitely by, like, bar none, my favorite character in the entire TV series. I agree. She's so good. I want her to make me a mixtape. Right? Oh, and the music? Yeah. We talk music, about the music. The soundtrack to the show is one of the best of all time. It's so good. It's so good. And I know everyone's already... The internet has blown up about that, I'm sure. So it's not like we're, like, having some big revelation. But the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that they cut was the book club. And... Right! I love a good book that includes a book club. Yeah. Yeah. It but was, no. again, not really necessary, though. Yeah, but it right? was kind of like showed the mothers being friends and 
more gossip, which the whole book is built on that gossip, and it was just lacking in the show. You're right. Definitely. Yeah, adds one more layer of the, like, bond of of the mothers Mm -hmm. and the gossiping. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? I just don't understand where the theater performance came from, because that's not in the book. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm clearly really upset about that. Um, I think, like, one of the biggest things that they left out but this like kind of ties into the ending. Um, but having in the book where you like Bonnie kills Perry, but you have all the backstory of mm. knowing why like she did that and like knowing that like yeah. she came from an abusive family. And that was like, I can't, it's been a long time since I've seen the show, but either if it was like not in there, it's definitely, or, it's not in the show at all. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah. So, otherwise, that's, I mean, I mean, Zoe, like, Bonnie did say, like, the line where she was like, they see, or no, was that, no, that was in the book, just kidding. Yeah. I mean, you can, I think they tried to act it out. Like, you see her see Perry hitting Celeste. Yeah. And she instantly reacts and then kind of follows them. And then she, but I never watching that show because and I, and I had watched it before finishing the book, so before I found out about Bonnie's backstory, I never would have thought, oh, she's been abused too. It more seemed I read it more as like a woman protecting a fellow woman, yeah, rather than a woman like understanding what she's going through and mm-hmm. fighting for her because she knew she couldn't do it herself, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like my biggest annoyance was just at, like, well, the theater, and Ed and Madeline. Yeah. Um, but I did, I do think they did a really good job of the uh, interrogation scenes. Like, they really replicated that, uh, reading experience of getting the little, um, like, transcriptions from each person at the end of each chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of replicating that in film format. Mm-hmm. And getting little bits of, of fact or the story each episode. Yeah. So I will say that. I was impressed with that. That translated well. So, I guess now we can talk about comparing the endings. Sure. Yeah. So... In the book, it really takes you through the party and, like, their conversations at the party. Mm-hmm. But in, well, in the show, it's so focused on, like, their little talent show. Yeah! That does not happen in the book. Um, not that I hated it, I and thoroughly enjoyed it, but I felt like the... the TV show's ending was very sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which worked, too. Like, But I find that I'm keeping them separate because they have completely different feelings to me. Definitely. They did, they did different things. 
And also, oh, another thing that, as you said, that I thought of, that something weird they put in the show, and I'm like, why? Is the rivalry between Ed and Nathan? Yeah. Like, does that really exist in the book? I don't think I remember there being such a rivalry. And, like, Ed threatening Nathan? Well, in the book, Ed is such, like, a relaxed, happy guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Adam Scott was showing a very more internal introverted and more like just expressive more like insecure i found yeah 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 well i loved i know it was out of character for the ed in the book but i did love the speech i think in the second episode when he's on the beach and he's like yelling at her but yelling with like love of like what does he say you're, oh, he's like, is Nathan your one because you're my one or something like that. Yeah. It's very sweet. And it's just like, yeah, he's angry, but it's also just like, I'm here, you know, pay attention to me. You're all I need in the world. Like, can I just be all you need? Yeah. So it was a different version of Ed, but I thought I thought that was a, a interesting portrayal of of him. And I liked it. I liked it at that point. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the ending. Um, e, do you have thoughts? Um, so, I guess she has my so many thoughts. Yeah, do you I know. See <laughs> the Google like so first. Like, I guess I can see why they did like the very ending where Bonnie doesn't turn herself in in the TV show versus like in the book she turns herself in, gets two hundred dollars of community service. Kind of like feels like a little bit of like a slap on the wrist. As yeah. opposed to, like... I love in the doc you have it as a goodbye Earl situation. Because, <laughs> like, you know, nobody, like, everyone kind of knows she did it, but, like, no one really cares, like... Um, yeah. Yeah. But in the TV show, like, they definitely just let that up for a renewal to a second season. Just kind of the ambiguous, like, not having... Interesting. Bonnie, like, confess to it. And then even, like, the cops at the end were like I don't know like why because they know that one of them did it but they don't know who and all their strawberries like corroborate and like line up so right Um, and also like in the tv show because I had watched the tv show before I had read the book it like obviously like begged the question for me why like it was Bonnie who's like the only person of color who does like the only like the violent act oh Right, because it's Zoe Kravitz, and she's the only... That is interesting. So for me, it felt very, like, I don't know how I, like, what it, what is this saying about, like, race relations? But then reading the book... Right. Having that, like, context, then, like, it made more sense. But... Yeah. That's such a good point. I mean, it was refreshing to see that they wasn't a fully white cast, because it could have been. Yeah. It could have been more diverse than it was. Mm-hmm. But that's an interesting point that the one person of color is the one who's performing the violence. Yeah. But then, like, in the book, it's not. But then, wonder. I mean, I think Zoe Kravitz also, like, really fit the role. So. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, I was, I will say I was disappointed that she did turn herself in. (laughs) In the book. Yeah. I don't know. I was, like, satisfied with the ending of them all, like, 
joining forces together and frolicking on the beach. Just being Well, that was a bit weird. I was like, what, you're instantly friends? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I mean if you read it as about about female friendship and about like the bonds the things the ties that bond women kind of thing. Yeah. Then that's a nice like ending and reflection or whatever. And I guess it makes sense because Ed wasn't there in the in the TV show. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have there's not that conflict of him having to lie for Nathan. And Nathan's not there. Yeah. So it's just the women who are lying to protect themselves. And then it becomes about this like female bond of like women against abusive man. And I, I like that. I thought that was so satisfying. Mm-hmm. So then when Nathan and Ed were there in the book, I was like, no, no, go away. This is <laughs> You're not the, supposed to be this is the here. girls' night. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I was, I will say that I liked that part of the ending better. It's interesting. Oh, my goodness. But do you think it would be consistent with the, like, Bonnie character in the book to not turn herself in? No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think the characters make sense the way. Mm-hmm. Because they do, like, she doesn't fast up to it right away. Like, she turns herself in eventually. Yeah. And she does the right thing, which is, like, good karma and all that. Mm-hmm. So, so what did, did you think about the very last scene, though? Because I have a lot of scene? feelings about... What's the last scene? In the TV show... When they're all just, all the moms and the kids are just frolicking on the beach. Oh, and, right. like, they didn't say whether, like, is, like, Max getting help? Is he, like, in therapy? Mm. Is Amabella in therapy? Like, how's Poor he Annabella. doing? Like, there's, like, I don't know. Like, I know children are pretty, like, resilient. But I feel like if you were being bullied by, the, and not even, like, name calling, like, very violent bullying by another five-year-old like you wouldn't just be okay like building a sandcastle with him and like I'm all for like inclusion (laughs) but I need I need like more answers to talk about like what kind of like therapy all these children are in to help work through because like they're not just gonna like tell Josh like oh you shouldn't hit or like Max that you shouldn't hit kids and then like he'll because I don't know he's a child like you need to like work that through that was my big issue with that yeah but they could have left all those open ends for a second season yeah so you're right yeah but do you guys think that there will think there i don't want be? there to be i feel like i've seen stuff already about there being a second season no oh. una memento <laughs> <laughs> let us google i hope that there isn't yeah but i could see it happening Okay, so Aren't they all busy? They're all very famous actors. Yes, um, it wa- it was a big cast. Um, so according to Vanity Fair on April 11th, Big Little Lies season 2 is even closer than you think. Beep, beep, beep. I'm reading uh, an article that says the makers never envisioned a second season. Interesting. I feel like I also, yeah, I also feel like I've also seen Ah. Reese Witherspoon on, I think it was Ellen, and she was talking about, like, how, like, obviously it would be a different story, but people just, like, really like the characters, so they want to do more with those characters. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Time will tell. Time will tell. 
Time will tell. Well, I was very thoroughly entertained by both the book and the uh, TV show. TV show. Yeah. And and it, it was a positive reading experience of, like, sharing with people. Like, I would tell people in the office I was reading it. And no one would be like, a lot of the, the women, especially, were just so passionate about it because it's, like, us. It's an exciting book about, like, female friendship. Yeah. Among other things, it's, like, a lot of excitement about, like, female friendship and, and that it was so satisfying that Madeline and Jane, like, don't turn on each other. Like, none of the women turn on each other yeah. unless it's about their kids. Like, that's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's not that, like, competitive women friendship trope that is way too common. Um, and real. Like, that's a real thing that happens in, like, women's relationships and day-to-day life. Yeah. But that this wasn't upholding that trope was so satisfying. So, yeah. I liked it. Yes. Yeah. Female friendship. Female friendship. <laughs> like us! Oh, my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> uh, cool. Any last any last thoughts? Um, I like that Celeste goes disgusted. back to work in the book and speaks about domestic violence. That's the other note that I have. What's your note? Uh, Celeste goes back to work in the book and speaks about domestic violence. I just really like when you see... Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's also the part that I felt was missing from the ending of the show, which I, like, understand why, because it's, like, a TV show and, like, things just translate better in, like, different ways in books compared to, like, TV yeah. shows, but... I just, like, it's kind of, like, how when I saw Bridget Jones's baby, and that's when I knew, like, I couldn't really take my feminist, like, lens off anymore, when the only, like, my big question at the end was, like, well, what about Bridget's job? Like, is she not working? (laughs) (laughs) Like. Yes. Totally. Cool. Yeah, she reclaims her life. Mm Mm-hmm. And independence. Yes. Okay, so that was The Book Was Better. Mm-hmm. The book was better. And yes, it is true. Yeah. Yep. Usually, like nine times out of ten, the book is better. Yeah, but the show was still fantastic. Yeah. So yes, agreed. And just like cinematically beautiful, it was beautiful. Music I'm glad it was HBO. Was, uh, music was like one of the best soundtracks ever, and the cast was top cast was notch. amazing. So it couldn't have been bad. I just feel like it was almost its own separate entity from the book at totally. some point. So I agree. Yeah. Okay, so babies. Shall book we news? Talk about some book news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So in our daily dose of Harry Potter <laughs> news. We celebrated the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday the 28th. So that was on the 26th. That was Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's very exciting that Harry Potter is official. The first book is 20 years old. And, and now we are all old. I mean, we were all <laughs> old before that. but <laughs> Um... And another Harry Potter news as well, kind of related to books, but not really. I read this article um, just talking about, like, sales trends on Amazon. And the first line of it just really hurt my heart because it goes, Nobody wants to be in the Harry Potter house Hufflepuff. And Amazon made it official today as it released fresh data about the UK's buying habits of all things Potter. So basically, it shows that the most popular houses 
to buy merchandise from are Gryffindor, then Slytherin, then Ravenclaw, and then Hufflepuff in fourth. Aww. And I'm personally offended. Are you surprised by that? No, I'm not surprised at all. I am surprised that... Isn't Hufflepuff better than Ravenclaw? No, I feel like people... Even when I... So when I was first sorted on Pottermore, I was sorted... <laughs> Because we all know, like, every time I'm sorted onto anything, I'm either consistently halfway Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff, thus the Ravenpuff sorting. But the first time I was sorted, I was sorted into Hufflepuff, and I was like, oh, I don't want to be in Hufflepuff. Like, I want to be, like, I really wanted to be in Ravenclaw. But I think, like, there's still kind of, like, a little bit of bias against Hufflepuffs, which I don't understand because Hufflepuff's a great house to be in. Right. Well... I'm sorry for you and all other Hufflepuff. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Puffers. There's going to be... It's not like our shit's going to sell out. That's true. You'll That's always true. have merch. Mm-hmm. Silver lining. Mm-hmm. Uh, alrighty. Um, um, yeah. So, we'll book announcement. Here, I will. Book announcement. John Green, the author of The Fault in Our Stars, Paper Towns, and Looking for Alaska, has announced the release (laughs) date for his next book after five and a half years. So, it's called Turtles All the Way Down. The release date is October 10th. And I have some... And the cover is so ugly! (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a link for the cover? I can't find one. Oh my god, that's because you probably have seen it, and you're like, that's not the cover, that's just, like, the reveal. Um, It's bad. It's literally just a gray background with white text all the way down that says, turtles all the way down. Um, anyways. I am, I am, like, I'll probably read it, because I loved John Green, like, two years ago. Yeah. But... Yeah, I like it's a weird announcement date because it's only coming out in like what six months. Yeah, and plus I not... just don't I don't love the title. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Turtles all the way down, and it's that's not, about not turtles. That's not a cover. That's like <laughs> right. <laughs> that is not that. I like hope to gosh that that is not the actual cover. That's not the cover. That's like something that I made on like Microsoft Word when I needed to like quickly hand in something. That seems I like. Know. <laughs> <laughs> that looks. And especially because I love the cover of The Fault in Our Stars. That is such a. Like, I love that book cover. I know. So. Interesting. There is already a book called Turtles All the Way Down. On Chapters oh, Indigo. From 2003. Huh. There's also a song called it. Supposedly it's also... Oh, it's an expression. It's an expression used to illustrate a logical problem in cosmology, the study of the origins and fates of the universe. Hmm. So... Oh, and supposedly it's about me- mental illness. Mm-hmm. So, again, another kind of cichlid. Should be interesting. Um, I think, but I yeah. don't know. I think it's also interesting because John, because I, I used to follow vlog weather is like a much, much more intensely, but John has also been very like open about his struggles with like mental illness, and mm-hmm. I think that it's he's writing another like I believe I watched the video and I believe it's like another female 
protagonist, which I find the way that he writes females comical, but mm-hmm. um, I think that she's kind of dealing with some of the same um, mental illness like experiences that he has. So I'm interested to see how that come how that has been written. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll still sell a bunch, and his fans will still go back to it, and it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be fine. I just hope they make a new cover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so ugly. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Especially this. Um, yeah. Yeah. But some com- some Canadian news. Uh, Kobo has an emerging writer prize. And it was announced last night. Um, some So... Um, the winner, there was three prizes, the, fic- the literary fiction prize went to the translation of Love by Lynn Kutsaki, I'm not going to be able to say her name, Lynn Kutsaki, that's what, thank you, that sounds right, um, a Knopf Canada title, and then the speculative fiction prize went to D. Wilson for A Keeper's Truth from Driven Press, and the nonfiction category went to Tiba Harrison for her Graphic memoir in between days by Houseman Nancy Press. Um, I've only read Tiva Harrison's In Between Days, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. book. It was beautiful. I know Hunter yeah, it's has read it also. Uh, have you read it? I have. Elizabeth? I read yours. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, I I mean that's exciting. It's a ten thousand dollars for Canadian debut authors. Uh, and it's Kobo, which is nice that they are, you know, doing something to support new Canadian author. So that was, that's exciting. Yeah, Congrats nice. to all those winners. Yeah. And I, I'm interested to see how In Between Days sells, like, as an ebook because it's such, I think, like, what makes it so, like, beautiful to, like, the graphic memoir is just, like, yeah. the illustrations. And I don't think those would look as great on an e-reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, the, the money is for, it's just, like, for the book itself. Yeah. It just happens to be done by Kobo. Oh, interesting. Um, but that is a good point. I wonder if there is it. I'm sure there is an e-reader. It probably just is like a, like a text. I guess it was a key books. A yeah. Key book. a, a kid's book, e-book. Uh, it would be along the same lines. It's mm-hmm. illustrated. But yeah, the prize is for, it doesn't matter what format, it's just put on. Either way. Yeah. It's still an interesting yeah. thought. Cool. Sure. Uh, anything else we want to chat I just wanted to mention that this weekend is Canada's 150th anniversary. Oh, yeah! So, that includes, well, of course, Chapters Indigo has to try and take advantage of any event possible. So, they Mm -hmm. have compiled multiple lists for Canadian authors and Canadian books. And they've they've made a list, the top ten Canadian books of all time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what is number one? <laughs> <laughs> According to chapters, Anne of Green Gables. Your is damn skippy. <laughs> Our favorite book. <laughs> or not favorite book, depending on who you ask. So I I thought that in the like the order they put them in is quite interesting. So, yeah. Um I really wanted to buy that box set, but I'm realizing that I already own, like, all those books. Yeah. Yeah. The box set is pretty. Yeah. So, 
If you want to read some Canadian, good Canadian books, go to Chapters Indigo. And mm -hmm. you will find many, many lists. By genre, even. Yeah. And Are then maybe not, don't buy them at Indigo. Maybe buy them at your independent bookstore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. point. Support indies. <laughs> Are you ladies going to be reading or anything buy them at Indigo. Canadian related this weekend in celebration of Canada? Oh. Oh, well, I'm actually going to be reading, hopefully, reading swimming lessons. Nice. Um, oh. So Nancy. Uh, Claire Fuller? Is that her name? Yeah. Ah, although I don't. Although she's not Canadian. Oh. Okay. I'm pretty sure she's English or Irish or something. Interesting. Well, I will be reading a Canadian published book. <laughs> yes, that works. Um, I I actually might tackle an Alice Munro book. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. I'm hoping I, to tackle like a couple books this weekend, at least. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Mm-hmm. Very good. What about you? I don't know. I'm thinking I might try to tackle Do Not Say That We Have Nothing. Oh, yeah. That would but, be very Canadian of you. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, like, feeling that, though. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, best of luck to us all in our Canadian reading endeavors for the mm -hmm. Canada Day weekend. And best of luck to everyone else listening. Yeah. 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 If you're reading along, and tweet us and tell us what Canadian books you're reading. Yeah! And if we should read them, too. Mm -hmm. But of course we should, because they're Canadian. Yeah. I'm always looking for a good book recommendation. Definitely. Cool! Awesome. Great. I think that's, I think it. that's it from us this week. So, All right. thanks for listening. Bye. Bye! Bye! Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to She Reads. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you like, you can rate us and leave us a comment. You can check out all the books we've talked about today through our show notes on our website, shereadspodcast.wordpress.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter at shereadspodcast. Special thanks to our fairy god musician, Gavin Sutton. Again, thanks for listening, and happy reading!